It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every single day. That's what we try to do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, five stars only. Don't be a hater. You can also follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked On Panthers. Already getting some questions following the Carolina Panthers' 24-6 loss on Sunday at home. Well, kind of, against the New England Patriots. So go ahead and get those questions into me now, and I'll answer them on Friday and whenever throughout the week. There might be times where I see a question where I'm like, yeah, let me answer that and talk about that as a subject of the day's show. That's not going to happen today, though, but in the past, I have done that. Go ahead and get those questions into me by either adding me at Julian Council or DMing me at Julian Council, but first following me at Julian Council. Of course, the conversation coming out of the Panthers' loss against the Patriots was the play of Sam Darnold and what the Carolina Panthers are going to do moving forward. Sam Darnold was not benched. Following a three-interception performance on Sunday two weeks ago, he was benched against the New York Giants, which was interesting considering that Sam Darnold the week prior against the Vikings in a lackluster performance, one that the Carolina Panthers offense has pretty much had every week since losing Christian McCaffrey to a hamstring injury. McCaffrey did come back yesterday playing 49% of the snaps as they eased him back into the offense, something I'm sure people were happy to see that he's out on the field, but also that he wasn't playing the bulk of the snaps as he had the first two and a half weeks of the season in those Carolina Panther three wins against the Jets, the Saints, and against Houston Texans where he was injured in that second quarter where he pulled his hamstring and missed the five games after that returning on Sunday. But the Panthers' offense has not been good. Sam Darnold had been benched against the Giants after he had brought back the Carolina Panthers pretty much single-handedly to tie the game and send to overtime against the Minnesota Vikings. So you would think that the next week that maybe Matt Rule would stick with him. Instead, he decided this is not going to work out. I'm moving on. P.J. Walker, come in here and try and save the team. P.J. Walker's performance is erratic and did not really lead you to believe that he was going to lead this Carolina Panthers offense to any more success than Sam Darnold had done so far that season, in particular in the middle of that four-game losing streak that was finally broken a week ago against the Atlanta Falcons on the road, but did not last as the Carolina Panthers lost on Sunday at home to the Patriots. Go back to on Sunday, where you've seen Sam Darnold bench before. Matt Rule decided that he wanted to see if he could play through it. Sam Darnold played through it poorly as he threw three interceptions in the Carolina Panthers at really no point throughout that game were all that threatening in scoring points outside of the time the defense set them up in plus territory, where both of those drives ended in a field goal by Zane Gonzalez, who was the offense for the Panthers this week and really last week 
was the offense for the Carolina Panthers. And when your kicker, which be happy, the kicking situation seems to be fixed. But when the kicker is the best option offensively, that is not encouraging or a good position to be in if you are an offense or any football team in the National Football League. Now, Matt Rule said on Monday when he spoke to the media in his his uh, weekly day after press conference that why panic? We are not a bad football team. Okay, you're not a bad football team. Consistently, the Carolina Panthers have been terrible when it comes to taking care of the football, whether that's been Sam Darnold with his fumbles and interceptions, Shuba Hubbard's fumbled the football this season, McCaffrey fumbled yesterday, they were able to recover it though, DJ Morris fumbled, they don't take care of the football. Special teams-wise, they've had multiple kicks blocked, they had the punt blocked, that led to a loss there against the Philadelphia Eagles, haven't been great in coverage, so special teams outside of Zane Gonzalez, and mm, not the punting situation hasn't been good, special teams as a whole hasn't been great. The quarterback play is not good. Offensive line is not good. Defensively, they are pretty strong. The run game, though, against certain teams that pay, play 12 or 13 personnel, meaning that they have two tight ends or three tight ends out there, the Carolina Panthers struggled, like yesterday against the New England Patriots. It's hard for me to sit here and say this is a good football team. They're a very average football team. They are among pretty much every team in the NFL. There's been questions after this weekend where you saw – uh, the, the Packers lose by Aaron Rodgers. You saw the Rams get lit up by the Titans, who are the best team currently in the AFC on Sunday night. You saw the Cowboys lose. You saw the Bills lose in a game where the Jacksonville Jaguars didn't even score a touchdown. There were so many questions of who is actually good in the NFL. Are there any elite teams in the NFL? The Carolina Panthers might be playing one on Sunday when they head out to the desert to face the Arizona Cardinals, who won without Kyler Murray and Nuke Hopkins, Colt McCoy, James Conner, were huge in their win against the San Francisco 49ers as they move on to 8-0. But either way, the question is valid of who really is good. The Carolina Panthers are certainly not a good team. They're not, I don't think they're a bad football team, but they do a lot of things that bad football teams do. So maybe they are a bad football team. They are certainly average, which is why I felt that maybe with the addition of Stephon Gilmore, who had an interception, and Shaq Thompson, who was everywhere once again on Sunday, and Christian McCaffrey, that this team would have an opportunity to win games in the ensuing weeks against the Patriots, which they lost, of course. And I honestly didn't feel like they'd win that game because Bill Pelichick, he owns Sam Darnold. And I can't imagine that P.J. Walker would have had much success in that offense either. And with the new identity to trying to run the football, that's just not going to work against the New England of the world. But that being said, I thought maybe New England potentially could be a win because they, they, they were a 500 team entering Sunday, just like Carolina. You go in the next couple weeks, you got Arizona again. You got Washington, who's been a major disappointment this season. You got Atlanta. Hey, maybe they can still win in the final weeks and be right there in the thick of things. And reading P Peter King's Football Morning in America, it really looks like that whoever gets the seventh seed there in the NFC is going to be an 8-9 football team. The Carolina Panthers, I thought going this year, would be an 8-9 football team. But right now, with Sam Darnold at quarterback, it's very hard to believe that the Carolina Panthers aren't destined for a 10-plus lost season this year because he can't take care of the football and the offensive line in front of him, losing Matt Paradis and potentially Cam Irving, they are not good. They're not healthy. They don't have the continuity. It's just not a great situation all around in an offense, and it all starts with the quarterback. So why panic? Well, you should panic, Matt Rule, because your quarterback, it's who you talk about, we're here in week nine, still talking about the same things about trying to protect the football, and he can't throw the ball away. And don't, talking about it's obviously the position has to be, the play at the position has to be better. It has not been better. 
Matt Rule currently is not willing to commit to a change. He's focused on Sam Darnold's health right now. Sam Darnold had an MRI on Monday morning, and he's going to wait until Wednesday to see where he's at with the shoulder that was sore following the game. He was injured the week prior with the concussion when he took that vicious hit from Foyer Luakun of the Atlanta Falcons that also injured his right shoulder, which is his throwing shoulder. Matt Rule did not attribute any of the mistakes that he saw from Sam Darnold to his shoulder being injured with the two interceptions that he threw in the red zone, one being a pick six to J.C. Jackson, another one being thrown in the end zone to J.C. Jackson. And the third one was just a great play by Jamie Collins. But you sit there and you're like, of course, Sam Darnold would throw an interception in that situation. The Carolina Panthers are not going to win very many football games the rest of the way with Sam Darnold at their quarterback, as quarterback. And even if P.J. Walker comes in, I have not seen very many things to lead me to believe that he is going to be an upgrade and help out the Carolina Panthers. I will say this, though, when it comes to whether it's time to bench Sam Donald for the Carolina Panthers to move on from what's going to end up being an $18.85 million mistake next season, whether he's on the roster or not. That's what's going to go against the cap for the Carolina Panthers, whether they keep Sam Donald or not. But for right now, the Carolina Panthers, if he's healthy, should be sticking with Sam Donald on Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals. He gives them the best opportunity to win that game on Sunday. Now, moving forward, though, if Sam Darnold stinks it up against Arizona, which I imagine he will, the Carolina Panthers seriously have to take a look as a team that would be sitting there at four and six with seven games left to play and an NFC that is still wide open in the wildcard race. And they're, I, again, they're not going to be a playoff team after everything I've seen so far. It's just hard to believe. But the, with Sam Darnold, if he stinks up against Arizona on Sunday, they need to take a serious look at whether P.J. Walker should just start the rest of the year and just to give up on the Sam Darnold experiment and the reclamation project that was always destined to fail because he's not a good player. And he can't overcome the injury, his injuries, not not injuries, but he can't overcome his decision-making, can't overcome his poor fundamentals and footwork. He just doesn't have it to lead an organization to long-term success here in Carolina. And that's what David Tepper, the Panthers' owner, wants. And that's why they went out and tried to find a new quarterback. And unfortunately, they landed on Sam Darnold, who has been a major mistake and will end up hurting the Carolina Panthers again this offseason and next season as he's going to take up a portion of the cap that a player of his caliber should never take up. And it's a mistake the Carolina Panthers, unfortunately, have to live with. And it's a mistake of their own doing. And it's horrible that we're in a situation. But if Darnold stinks it up on Sunday, P.J. Walker might need to start against Washington and Miami. Then he gets the bye week, then has Atlanta. Those are three winnable games before the Panthers go down for the final four weeks of their season, play at Buffalo, play Tampa twice, and then play at New Orleans. I don't know if the season can be salvaged, but if Sam Darnold plays the way he's played the last couple weeks again on Sunday, there's no way that Matt Rule can look at that locker room and tell them that I'm trying to win football games. We're trying to stay in the thick of things. He did mention the playoff race on Monday where – You know, we didn't play playoff football on Sunday, but mathematically, we're still in it. But we have to play playoff football, and currently, we're not doing that. And the main issue has been the quarterback position. So if Sam Darnold plays terrible against Arizona on Sunday, I don't see how Matt Rule can't look at his locker room, can look his locker room in the face and tell them that Sam Darnold gives us the best chance to win games. Because at some point, you got to see what P.J. Walker can do for you. He probably is not going to be any better, but you have to make a change. You can't allow Sam Darnold to keep going out there and throwing game after game after game away. Put in P.J. Walker, give him a chance against a winnable game against Washington at home, then at Miami on the road, a game that they can also win, then at home against Atlanta. Maybe you string together three straight wins. You're looking at a team that then in that situation would be 7-6, and six, and you're hoping, hey, 7-6, and six, four weeks to play, four really good opponents. Let's see what we can do. Try and salvage the season by putting in P.J. Walker if Darnold does not work out. 
If Darnold plays well on Sunday and they still lose, then fine. Keep him for another week. But the moment that Sam Darnold goes out there and throws away another football game, it's time for the Carolina Panthers to move on, see what P.J. Walker can do for them. Even if I don't believe he can do anything great, Matt Rule probably doesn't believe that he's really the answer either. They cannot continue to trot out Sam Darnold just to watch him go out there and lose game after game for the Carolina Panthers. The performance of Sam Darnold wasn't the only story to come out of Sunday's game. Mac Jones, with what was considered a dirty play by Hassan Reddick and by many out there throughout the NFL media and on Twitter, what will the NFL do as there's been more angles coming out and there's no way the NFL can, can ignore what happened with Mac Jones as he twisted Brian Burns' ankle following a strip sack on Sunday afternoon in the Panthers' loss to New England Patriots. We'll get to that and more here on Lockdown Panthers in just a moment. We're only a couple weeks away from one of my favorite holidays of the year. I love Thanksgiving and all of the good food and treats that comes with it, and there are plenty of them. But maybe this year you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut built bar or go for a raspberry built bar instead of that raspberry pie lots of good flavors to replace that pie low calorie low carb low fat high protein covered in 100 real chocolate built bar is a great option for when you're hungry if thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough go for a built bar or two share some at your family gatherings i guarantee it'll make things less awkward maybe aunt betty hasn't tried a built bar yet you might as well go ahead and get her one new surprises all month limited time flavors arriving at built.com regularly so check the website often there's nothing like a built bar black friday mark your calendar black friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises so go to built.com and use promo code lock 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your first order use promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off at built.com if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast join the draft dudes kyle krabs and joe marino as they go position by position through the nfl free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 nfl draft If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I try pretty hard to be pretty objective when it comes to the Carolina Panthers and not to be too emotional and be, I know, laughing right now about that and try not to be like a massive homer. I try to just give you my measured opinion on the team and how I see it. Maybe that's straightforward. Maybe you think it's too negative. I don't know. But the Carolina Panthers are an organization that you love, that I love, and I want them to see well. And when I see things like what occurred to Brian Burns on Sunday against Mac Jones, it makes it very hard to sit back and to be very objective when you look at the situation there with Brian Burns. When I first saw it, I wasn't quite sure what to make of it. I wasn't sure whether Mac Jones was just trying to hold Brian Burns back and then maybe Brian Burns just fell and that's how he twisted his ankle or was it intentional that Mac Jones was trying to injure Brian Burns? I don't know that. You don't know that. Burns doesn't know that. Only Mac Jones 
really, and maybe Burns does know it because he can feel it on his ankle, but Mac Jones is the only one who can really answer the question of whether what he did on Sunday was a dirty play. Hassan Reddick, he made it known in his press conference following the game on Sunday that what happened was dirty, that it was mind-blowing to him that that happened in the game, and that there's no room for that at all. And Matt Rule had talked to the officials, the players that talked to the officials about how was that not called. Brian Burns leaves the game for a little bit, comes back later on, has to get helped off again with that right ankle injury, and then on Monday morning, had to go in for an MRI. So this is something that is actually affecting him past the game, which is a serious issue. When you look at the NFL, they have done everything in their power to try and protect quarterbacks. It has made it so hard for players who play defense, whether you are a pass rusher like a Brian Burns, where you have to tackle the quarterback properly. You can't hit him below their knee because Tom Brady one time tore his ACL, and that was terrible. The league didn't have him for an entire year, and the Patriots didn't make the playoffs with Matt Castle and boo-hoo. Obviously, you never want to see a player ever get hurt, whether they're a bum like Sam Darnold or they're a great player like Tom Brady, you want everyone to stay healthy. And if you can protect him, then fine, so be it. But that rule at times has been a little bit too much where you're not even getting that much trauma and that much force put on the bottom, the back below your knee, but yeah, it's a penalty. You can't hit a quarterback in the head at all. So if you barely lightly tap a quarterback on their helmet, it's a 15-yard penalty. I've seen that happen plenty of times where I'm like, there is no way that that is is more traumatic than when a player goes up to another player on their team and headbutts them in celebration. So you're telling me that's okay, but if someone lightly touches a quarterback on the helmet when rushing them and does not cause any sort of brain damage at all, that that is more egregious than what happens when two friendly teammates headbutt each other in celebration. Like that, okay, cool. Also, if you have the audacity to sack a quarterback, you can't put too much weight of your weight on their body, or that's also a penalty. You're catching this. You've known this. Y'all have watched the games over the last couple of years. It makes it next to impossible sometimes to be able to stomach these NFL games. And as from a Carolina Panthers perspective, let's go back two years ago around this time of the year where the Carolina Panthers played a really tough, hard-fought game on the road against the Packers in Lambeau Field. And right before the half, Gerald McCoy get the sack of Aaron Rodgers Panthers look like they're going to get the ball back, be in plus territory, get a chance to score before the half. Instead, 15-yard penalty for putting too much weight on the pat on the on the quarterback. Was a horrible, ridiculous call. We've seen him continue throughout the last two seasons in the NFL, and quite honestly, we have no idea when it's ever going to end. So the NFL does everything in their power to protect the quarterback because it's a quarterback-driven league. That's why people tune in. That's why Sundays Packers-Chiefs game was a game that so many people were looking forward to prior to Aaron Rodgers, of course, testing positive with COVID, and the networks, CBS, Fox, and NBC all fighting tooth and nail to get as they added the 17th game this year. It's all about quarterbacks. The league has made that very clear, and I understand why they do that. You don't want to watch a single football game when the quarterbacks are terrible. Like, do you really want to watch Sam Darnold go up against a backup quarterback? You, I mean, watching Sam Darnold makes it hard enough the next couple of weeks to watch the Carolina Panthers. You love the Panthers, so you can continue to watch them. If you don't, I'm going to watch them, so make sure to keep listening to the podcast here because I'm going to have you covered. But either way, I'm not watching a game, especially a team that's not the Panthers, 
if there's bad quarterbacks. Did I watch a second of the Chiefs-Packers game yesterday? No, because Mahomes has been really bad this year, and I don't want to watch Jordan Love because I don't know if he's good or not. I'm still just not interested in watching Jordan Love. When the Seahawks lost Russell Wilson, was I watching Geno Smith? Hell no, I'm not watching Geno Smith. It's a quarterback-driven league. That's been made very clear right now by me and by the league over the last couple seasons. But at what point is the NFL going to start protecting the other players out on the field? Brian Burns on Sunday had a free rush at the passer of Mac Jones. He tackled him the way the league asked him to tackle him. It was a fumble. The Carolina Panthers recovered it. Frankie Louvu ran away. And Brian Burns, trying to get down the field, was held back on his right leg by Mac Mac Jones, who was on the ground. Legally, Mac Jones is allowed to do that. One thing he's not allowed to do is to grab an opponent's leg and to start twisting at the ankle in an attempt to injure them. Again, only Mac Jones can tell us what his intent was. It's very hard to judge intent. But when you look at the tape, especially what Phil Orban, the sports director over at WSOC here in Charlotte, Channel 9, what he put out on Twitter, and I and I retweeted as well, saying the NFL has to do something about this, at Julian Council on Twitter. Go follow me there so you can see the tweet. But Phil Orban of WSOC, when you get that clear of a frame, of what happened, there is absolutely no way that Mac Jones cannot be at least fined by the NFL. And I only say fine, not suspended. He doesn't have a track record of doing dirty things in the league. This is not like a Vontez perfect situation where whatever he ever, whatever little thing or perceived dirty play, and most of them were dirty, that he went out there and did. He was also just in the wrong era. So Vontez perfect, dirty player in this era of football, but also playing in the wrong era of the National Football League, which really hurt him. And, you know, him being a malicious player on the, on the football field in a very vicious sport. So I understand the frustrations he probably had, but still. It's not a Vontez perfect situation where there is a track record of this kind of behavior for Mac Jones. So I can't see the league suspending him. I also wouldn't recommend that the league suspends him. But they absolutely should find him and let every quarterback and every team out there know that we are also trying to protect a defender in these situations because this cannot happen. A guy in Brian Burns, who's a former first-round pick, who has a chance to be one of the premier pass rushers in the National Football League in the next five, six, seven-plus years, he needs to be protected in those situations. And the NFL, Roger Goodell, the league, has to do something about that. Matt Rule spoke about it, did not want to say anything, speaking out about another player when it came to Mac Jones because he's not on the team. But he said, I will protect my guys. And we have talked to the league office about what happened. And it's up to them to figure out what the deal is. At the very least, Mac Jones needs to be, needs to be fined. Not suspended, but fined. And if that happens, then great. Carolina Panthers don't see him again until 2025. If Brian Burns is around till then, which hopefully he is, and Hassan Reddick's around till then, which hopefully he is, I'm sure the Carolina Panthers will finally get their revenge later that day, and maybe down the road they might see him in the Super Bowl before then. By the way, what happened on Sunday is inexcusable for Mac Jones' part, and the league has to do something about that, at the very least to fine. And if they don't, then fire and brimstone, Matt Rule. You need to be raining hellfire on the league office because that's just ridiculous to see something like that happen to one of your players and do now have him on the injury report because of a thing, uh, something egregious another player on the opposing team did to him intentionally, at least the way you look at it. It's hard to believe that's not intentional. All right, Matt Rule had other updates with the Carolina Panthers as the offensive line continues to be in flux, more injuries. What do the Carolina Panthers do moving forward with that unit? As they head to Arizona on Sunday to face off against the 8-1 and 
Cardinals. We'll get into that here and much more in just a moment. Hey, Panther fans, this is Julian Council with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back by using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month on cash back. There's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. As you know, we spent plenty of time here on the show and throughout just the conversation about the Carolina Panthers this season talking about the struggles of Sam Darnold. And a lot of you early on this year, and maybe even still now, and I saw someone tweet at me today talking about the offensive line. Why don't we ever talk about the offensive line? We always talk about Sam Darnold, blah, blah, blah. There's been plenty of you who like to make excuses for Sam Darnold and say that, oh, he's only struggling because of the offensive line. And maybe that Sam Darnold would be playing better if the offensive line was playing better. But I think you can look at both of those, the player itself and the unit itself, and recognize that both of them are are struggling mightily, and both of them are just not very good. And the Panthers' offensive line has struggled with continuity and injuries throughout the season, which I think has played a major role in their struggles. Now, the talent of the unit is obviously lacking in a decision on day one of free agency to sign guys like Pat Elfline and Cam Irving were certainly puzzling decisions as the Carolina Panthers' offensive line has been not very good for the last 10 years. Cam Newton was able to overcome it. Teddy Bridgewater, for the most part, last year, as he was able to put up good numbers, at least his skill players were able to put up good numbers, were able to overcome it. So far through nine weeks of the season, Sam Darnold has not overcome it. I hold the belief that the Carolina Panthers, if their offensive line this entire season would have been healthy and had Cam Irving at left tackle, Pat Elfline at left at left guard, Matt Paradis at center, John Miller at right guard, and Taylor Moten at right tackle, that they would be playing a lot better than that they are playing right now. Would they be a good unit? No. Would they be... Second worst in the NFL in terms of the amount of pressures that they've given up? Maybe, but I don't think that they would have. Would they be second, or the second worst team in the NFL when it comes to ESPN's pass block win rate? I don't believe so. I don't think that they would have been a good offensive line. I do believe that they would have been better just based off of the continuity that has been pretty much stolen from them dating back to trading camp down in Spartanburg. And that's an issue. And it's only going to be an issue that continues the rest of the season as Matt Paradis, unfortunately, tore his ACL on a second play of the game on Sunday against the Patriots. Quickly, he was ruled out with a knee injury, carted it to the locker room, and you knew right then and there that it was serious. He will now be out for the season, and it sucks for Matt Paradis. Here in Carolina, Paradis came in. The Panthers 
needed a center after Ryan Khalil had retired. At least we thought he was re- going to retire, came back, play for the Jets uh, to get some money to help him out with the movies that he wants to make later on in his, his life. So I actually don't not mad at him at all. And he was also just past the point of return for the Carolina Panthers. They need to move on. And they went and got Matt Paradis, who was good for a number of years in Denver, but was coming off of a leg injury, which certainly affected him in his first season uh, with the Carolina Panthers. And then also he comes back in a pandemic season, plays better, bounces back. But this year really hadn't been great. Wasn't the worst player on the offensive line. He was also one of the most valuable players, having been a veteran center. And all the communication on that offensive line starts with the center and not to have Matt Paradis for the rest of the season is going to be something that's going to hurt the Carolina Panthers, but also could be a blessing in disguise in terms of the evaluation standpoint for the Panthers in the eight, next eight weeks with their offensive line and how they should go about free agency. Pat Offline was someone who was brought here by the Carolina Panthers because of his positional flexibility. He started off his career after being at Ohio State, sorry, the Ohio State University and winning the Remington Trophy as the top center in college football. He started off his career with the Minnesota Vikings as their center. They ended up drafting a Charlotte native and um, NC State graduate Garrett Bradbury to be their center in the first round. Move out on the guard. He struggled there. Goes to New York, struggled that guard. But the Carolina Panthers brought him here. I think with the thought that after this season, where they restructured Matt Paradis' deal going to the year, that he could potentially slide over and be the center for the next two seasons for the Carolina Panthers in 2022 and 2023 and maybe beyond, depending on how he performed. So now Pat Matt now Pat Elfline gets that opportunity starting on Sunday. Matt Rule said on Monday to the media that depending on his health, that he would get the first opportunity, which of course, duh, they're not going to start a undrafted free agent, Sam Tecklenburg there at center, unless they have to. Uh, you saw Brady Christensen on the sideline on Sunday, having to take snaps at center at, just in terms of a emergency role. I don't think that's going to be his role moving forward. Matt Rule's already said that they like him at all four positions on the offensive line, except for center. Certainly, he'll probably continue to practice that, but the Carolina Panthers are going to have to make some move to bring in another center, just at least on the practice squad, in case that they do have a situation where Pat Elfline's not able to go this week and that they have to lean on Sam Tecklenburg to be their center. And Tecklenburg, according to Matt Rule, played just fine on Sunday. Communication's going to be a problem. He's he's a young player, and it's a difficult spot for him to be in, but he had to do it on Sunday, and uh, he's, it's an admirable job that he did. But Pat Elfline hopefully will be the starting center for the Carolina Panthers for the final eight weeks, depending on who he plays. That will give Matt Rule and Scott Fitter a better understanding of what they have at that position. Right now, when you look at 2022, right tackle was the only position that settled with Taylor Moten, of course. And it stinks to be nine weeks into the season and to still only have one position settled. Left tackle is going to continue to be a question. Cam Irving, who had an MRI also on Monday morning, We'll see what his status is on Wednesday. He went out of the game after playing the first 19 snaps. Dennis Daly came in and played 40 snaps on Sunday in his absence. Maybe Daly gets the call to be the starting left tackle moving forward. I know a lot of people have wanted to see Brady Christensen there. Brady Christensen, quite frankly, according to Matt Rule, and to plenty of people who grade him from pro football focus to football outsiders, just has not performed well enough at the position. And Matt Rule also wants to give him more time. And I understand Panther fans are antsy and want to see their... Young rookies like Christensen and Deontay Brown, who currently still is on IR, get the opportunity to play because the offensive line is not great right now. Well, based off of injuries, these guys, whenever Brown comes back, if he is in shape and, and well enough, 
he'll get an opportunity. Christensen will certainly get opportunities over the next couple of weeks. But left tackle, that's a position that maybe Brady Christensen plays on, plays at moving forward. But they did put um, Dennis Daly there on Sunday, and you would think they put him there for a reason. So it might be Daly's job moving forward based off of how he plays and how long Cam Irving's out if he is out at all. Left guard could be settled moving forward. Michael Jordan started there the last two weeks. Matt Rule is talking about how much he likes him, especially in the run game. Maybe he's proven himself to be the right guard or the left guard, excuse me, of the future, at least for now. Played all 59 offensive snaps on Sunday in the Panthers' loss. The evaluation of left guard will also be important. Trent Scott played all 59% of, or all 59 of the snaps, 100% of the snaps on Sunday against Patriots at left guard in the absence of John Miller, who's currently on IR. You'd love to see Brady Christensen get a chance to take some of those reps if, if Trent Scott uh, doesn't play well, even if. Trent Scott plays well. Maybe you want to see Brady Christensen get an opportunity there while John Miller is out, even when John Miller returns. But right now, the Carolina Panthers, I guess they feel good at right tackle, feel fine at left guard, but left tackle, question mark there, center, question mark there. Pat Elfline will certainly step in whenever he's healthy. And then for right now, right guard has Trent Scott, but maybe it could be Brady Christensen. All things the Carolina Panthers need to try and sort out over the next eight weeks is at the very least, if you're not going to win football games, try and use these next eight weeks with the film to evaluate who is, should be on this roster moving forward at the offensive line position and how you can better find some continuity heading into the offseason and heading to 2022 as this has been a unit that struggled throughout the season and consequently has led to the quarterback struggles of Sam Darnold. Looking ahead to the rest of the week again on Thursday, weekly Thursday crossover episode with the host of the opposing team this week. It's the Arizona Cardinals of the Carolina Panthers face them on Sunday at 4.05 p.m. Eastern time and I believe 2 o'clock Mountain Standard Time, as Arizona does not participate ever on Daylight Savings, so their time has not changed at all, but they now move into the mountain time zone here in the continental United States of America, these United States. Um, so we'll get into that on Sunday, but uh, well, before then, we'll talk to Bo Brack and Ryan Clancy, I believe, of the Locked On Cardinals podcast later on on Thursday. I'll continue to break down what's going on. Hopefully going to get a guest on the show on Wednesday to get more perspective on what's going on with these Carolina Panthers as they are now four and five with the next eight weeks of the season. And I don't know, maybe they can turn things around. What to do with Sam Darnold? All that and more here on the podcast throughout the rest of the week. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Also follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Stitcher, wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows on Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. So either at me or DM me at Julian Council as we get into your Carolina Panthers every Friday with the weekly Friday mailbag. Until then, take care and I will talk to y'all on Wednesday. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.